It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. And I'm going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart to start the show before we get into the normal stuff. The being strange comes naturally to me. There is absolutely positively nothing wrong with being a little distant, unusual, less than ordinary, unexpected, difficult, hard to understand, reserved and distant. Naturally, that is the definition in some way, shape, and form of being strange. Being strange to me, and you might have a child that you don't really fully understand because they don't conform to all the normal patterns of the other children. There is not necessarily anything at all wrong with this child. This might be a child that's just reserved because they're self-assured. They might not naturally trust other people they could have ocds which is something that you may have to deal with they are just into their own world it does not mean they lack empathy they are not uh, on any kind of spectrum don't allow somebody to target this child medically psychologically emotionally as being such I came from a great set of parents who I love dearly and I still love dearly to today. One was a nurturer and one I got a lot of life lessons from. One who corrected me if I was wrong in a heartbeat because they knew me. They knew me since before I was conceived. So they had a actual feeling, a, a, a joinness with me. My father could tell me when I was wrong instantly. Like if I was young and I spoke about, look at all my friends. He gave me tests to make sure that these people were truly my friends. And I never veered off from his test patterns that he gave me. And it usually proved me right or proved him right that no, these really were not my friends. These were just associates that I knew. And it was all right to associate with people, but to not let them so deeply into your circle that they could actually cause you harm. See, my parents knew that I needed to learn how to protect myself. And not just protect myself from others, but protect myself from me. Because nobody has been harder on me than I have been on myself. It is just a natural reaction. When I fuck up, when I make a mistake, I don't just let it ride. I beat myself up to a certain degree to make sure that that same mistake is not made again, to make sure that that error in my character is fixed, not down the line, but instantly. 
because I want to feel the pain of my errors. See, and that, uh, that's what a strange person might do. They self-debase, not to the point where there's any depression. We're realists. We're people who deal with situations and circumstances as they arrive, and we evaluate all angles of the situation. We don't just go with sheer emotion. We don't just go with just feels right. We evaluate it. We we put the data into the computer and see what kicks out at the other end. And if that's what says to do the right thing, then you do it. See, I was never impressed with gangsterism. I grew up in the quote-unquote hood. I grew up in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, where most people gravitated towards those who were doing bad. I didn't care. I was not impressed. See, I don't have the ability inside me to be impressed with a lot of bullshit. If it, if it doesn't pass the smell test, it never did, it never will, and it never can for me. There's no pimping that's considered cool to me. You know, there's no rip-off kid. There's no stick-up kid that, you know, I thumbs up. Did I know these type of people? Sure, because I grew up with them. But I never let any of them into my inner circle. I did not want to groove or associate with those who really wanted to be in and out of jail cells. I didn't think that that was for me. I knew that I needed to be one of those live free or die people. It was just in me. Not only that, I suffered from some hellified uh, claustrophobia. So being in a jail cell, forget the dudes, that being locked in that cell overnight would be hell on a daily basis. And it was not something I want to deal with. And so to not deal with that, I walked the straight line. I walked this narrow. I walked the path that was on the right side of the law so that the law didn't have any reason to deal with me. And I had no reason where I could respect the neighborhood rules by never having to deal with the law. But, you know, being strange, being weird is fine. I didn't want to be like everybody when I was growing up. So I didn't dress like everybody when I was growing up. I was the first kid, and I am going to tell you, this is the God's honest truth. I was the first kid in my neighborhood who was, was considered to be tatted up and down. I had 13 tattoos in the early 80s when most people didn't even have one. I had 13. I had ears pierced, nose pierced, eyebrows pierced. I considered myself to be a little black punk type kid but I lived in the hood. And so I had to be able to take care of myself to be able to walk around looking the way that I did. But I also had people in my circle who also looked a lot like I did, you know, minus the tattoos and the piercings, but we had a different dress code than the guys in the neighborhood. Sure, I wanted to look fly. I wanted women to be into me. I wanted young ladies to be into me. So I had to be appealing. I had to make sure that my hair was done. But you know what? My hair might've been blonde. In 1979, there was no black kids running around in Bed-Stuy with blonde fucking hair, green hair, mohawks, uh, arrowhead haircuts, but I was. And you know what? It really brought me no problems. It brought me no issues. The people that were around me, they knew that I wasn't going to be like them. It was nothing inside me that was like them. I'm unique. And I think that the uniqueness that we all have should be celebrated. 
as long as that uniqueness does not bring any harm, it does not bring any shame, it does not bring any destruction to others, if it is what makes you feel good about who you are inside, then you you move with it. You know, I was hanging out in the village by myself. I'm no homosexual. and I know that a lot of people uh, translate to hanging out in the West Village with being gay, but I never had any gay experiences. Sure, I got came on by guys a lot of times, and I would turn them down. I would say, you know what, thank you, but no thank you, man. You know, that means I'm appealing to somebody. But I hung out in the village because it was a place where I seen that people were free and I wanted to be free like that. If you ever listen to Strange Talk with Doc, the one thing I preach is freedom. Freedom is the greatest gift that God has ever gave man. That is a free tongue, a free mind, a free spirit. Free to feel that you are all right. That somebody can't come down on you just for being you. And the first person who doesn't come down on you for being you is yourself. It's all right to be different, man. To conform to everything because society or the hood says it's not cool. That's not freedom. That is a form of being locked up. That's a form of a prison, man. And I refuse. I found out at a very young age. My mother used to tell me, baby, just because you go in the first store does not mean you have to buy it there. Shop around. And that's what I did about life. I shopped around. I said, there are other things out there that I want to get involved with that might not be popular in the hood. And that's why as a young black man, I picked up golf. I didn't know nobody else that golfed. I didn't do it to be different. See, that's the difference. Being strange doesn't mean you have to be fake about your strangeness. It comes organically. So I was a black kid who golfed. And I didn't know anybody who golfed. I didn't know anybody who wore long coats at fedoras daily. But that was my deal. That was the way I liked to look. That was the way I liked to be. I made sure that I had shine shoes every day. My hair was always cut. My shirts were always white. My ties were always colorful. My suits were always pressed and cuffed. And that's how I got around life. And it made me stand out. To some people, it was a sore thumb. To me, it was like perfect fit. And I just wanted to say that. So if you have that little child that might be a little bit offbeat, talk to that child and find out. And if everything about that child is a completely normal other than them being offbeat that's their uniqueness shining through and you know what ramp it up build it up water that seed give that seed some sun and allow it to grow do not cut it out as a weed do not treat uniqueness do not treat weirdness do not treat being strange as a weed or some kind of virus it should be celebrated that somebody can think on their own stand on their own two feet and move around this planet who wants to bring no harm but just wants to live and let live celebrate it and you know what let's go on to the regular part of the show now thank you for listening to me so we had uh, four people. In a shooting in St. Francis Hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Last week was a very bad week for shooting. 
very, very bad week for shootings. We had Jeff Gladney. He was a Viking first rounder and a Cardinal quarterback. Cornerback, I'm sorry. He died at the age of 25. Former running back for the Dallas Cowboys and Chicago Bears, Marion the Barbarian Barber III, was found dead at the age of 38. Uh, Des Bryant had said some stuff about him about a year ago that he was in a bad way. And you know what? This, this really hurts me. I'm a Cowboy fan, and I rooted for this young man. And you know what? I, I hope Marion knew that he mattered to some people. I mean, I don't know if anybody could help him. I didn't know the situations. I'm not going to even speak on his personal situation. But Marion Barber, the way he ran that football, man, he ran with desire. He ran with heart. He ran fierce. And you don't get to be named a barbarian unless you can back it up. And he backed it up. So I say rest in peace. Bart Bryant, a three-time PGA Tour winner, he died in a car accident. And he was 59 years old. Alan White, a uh, a drummer for the band Yes and the Plastic Ono Band, he died at the age of 72. Andy Fletcher, a founding member of Depeche Mode, which what I would really say is probably my third favorite group of all time, he died at the age of 60. A grandfather and his four grandchildren were murdered by that Mexican mafia member who escaped from prison three weeks ago in Texas. I mean, horror. Ann Turner Cook, the original Gerber baby, she died at the age of 95. The OG Gerber baby has finally passed away. Alex John Such, a founding member and the basis for Bon Jovi, has died he was 70 years old and Atlanta rapper Trouble was killed at the age of 34. There was also a shooting in Chattanooga, Tennessee yesterday that left a few people dead. Um, so we had Tulsa. Let me not forget Philadelphia had a mass shooting that left three people and over 10 people injured. Um, I don't know what they are doing on Capitol Hill. I don't know what these local law enforcement agencies are doing to put a kibosh on this, but something has to be done. Uh, I don't care. And I said this before. I don't care if it's an incel, freaked out white kid, Hispanic kid, or some gangster bullshit from a black guy who can't throw hands. This mass shooting of people who have nothing to do with you must stop. The mentality that this is all right in this country needs to be squashed. We need to embarrass these fucking people. We need public service announcement. We need more than a president getting on the air once a week to talk about it. We need the communities. If it's the rap community or whatever, to get out there and say, you punk ass bitches, you're fucking opening fire on women, children, and people just going about celebrating their life. This ain't gangster. What about telling them this shit ain't gangster, man? And it's got to stop. So this week, I watched a lot of wrestling, man. I watched the WWE. I watched SmackDown. I just watched Hell in a Cell, which I thought was outstanding. The ladies, Oscar, Becky Lynch, and uh, 
what's her name with the braid? Damn it. The best Bianca Belair, they got down. I thought that Matt Cat Moss put on a good show with Happy Corbin. Naturally, you know that Rollins and Rhodes was going to be fantastic. I thought the right decision was made with MVP and Omas, especially since they didn't let Omas take the loss. It was MVP who actually got the loss. And what they're doing with Cedric Alexander, I don't know. We'll see, but hopefully he gets a chance to work. I thought Mustafa Ali should have won the title, and then maybe Theory takes it back from him on SmackDown or Raw. But to let him get a hometown pop would have been fantastic. But I also watched AEW, and MJF's shoot was kind of outstanding. It was outstanding. I know we were... We were being worked. Uh, I could see a part of Ric Flair's fire me speech in there. I could see a little bit of uh, Bryant Pillman's speech in there. I could see a little bit of uh, CM Punk's speech in there. But we know that it's a work. And if this helps him to elevate himself to a place that he needs to go, that he could take care of his family for generations going forward, become a young multimillionaire. I'm all for him. Uh, am I a big fan of MJF? No, I'm not. But am I a fan of what he did when he grabbed that mic? You know, you got some people who are always going to be better talkers than wrestlers. And I stand corrected if he's an outstanding wrestler. I don't know. I mean, I've seen some of his early work in MLW, I think it was. Uh, that comes on like one of these late night shows here. And I, I believe he was even with Warlow at that time. But for him to be able to take the mic and seem so passionate about what he said, to a degree, it had to be a work shoot because he had to also feel what he was saying. You can't just go on script and have the pure emotion that he had without some of it really touching a nerve inside of him. And I also agree with him 100%. I thought AEW stood for the little guy, the indie guy, the dude that was struggling who wasn't in the so-called major leagues, meaning WWE. And for them to bring in all these, every time somebody gets cut for WWE, to bring them in and then bury, you can't have a wrestling company with 200 wrestlers. I mean, unless this dude is going to bring back the uh, territories all by himself, how could you do it? I mean, he could have one crew working in one part of the country, another crew working in another part of the country, another crew working in. He doesn't even have enough TV to put people who he's trying to push as stars on the air. Uh, Riddle has become outstanding in the WWE. Riddle is the dude, man. I mean, he he is always on point. And getting back to Hell in the Cell, man, name 10 people wrestling today that are better than AJ Styles. AJ Styles is truly a phenomenal performer. Anytime that he is on in that ring and he is wrestling, never fast forward. Just watch the match, and you're going to see things that he does that's almost perfection each and every time. And this was a dude who I could not stand in TNA, but he has definitely won me over. And CM Punk is injured. So CM, the summer of Punk lasted about a week. 
He goes out, he gets injured. I wish him well. I wish him a speedy recovery. I am no fan of CM Punk. I wasn't a fan of his when he was in WWE. I wasn't a fan of his when he was in NXT. But he means a lot to a lot of people. And you know what? I don't have to be selfish. Just because I don't enjoy you doesn't mean that other people shouldn't get the chance to enjoy you ply your trade. So I say I wish him a speedy recovery. So I'm going to move on to a little TV. So I finished up The Secrets of Playboy. And if any of these stories are to be believed about what went on in the mansion, the mini mansion, and the surrounding Playboy clubs, this place was hell on earth to women. We are talking uh, bestiality. We're talking sodomy. We're talking hardcore rape. We're talking women being having their jaws broken. Uh, uh, turned into drug addicts and then just flipped out on the street. I mean, I'm hoping that some of this was just, you know, we get a chance to talk. A lot of these people are dead and can't defend themselves. But I am going to side with the fact that if these women are telling the truth, this place was Sodom for women. It was hell. We Own the City ended. And if you have not got a chance to watch this mini series, it's only six episodes. Do yourself a favor and get We Own This City. It's fast moving. It's fast paced. They get to the point. They don't play a lot of games. They don't make you wait for situations to play out. They get right at it. So I highly appreciate it. Young Rock. This last season of Young Rock was very good. It dealt a lot with Young Rock becoming the WWE performer that he became. So we get to finally not focus so much on him as a teenager or as a child, but we focus on him as a young man who's making the decision that he's going to be a professional wrestler. And I like the direction this is heading. Let's see what happens next year. I also finished Seinfeld. Seinfeld is a study of madness. It's a study of four people who are horrible human beings and almost everybody they run into are horrible human beings and how much lack of empathy that they have for humanity. And uh, if you get a chance to look at an episode, look at the psychology of the episode, not so much the comedy, but the psychology of what's going on with the characters in any particular episode. And you will see four people out of control. Legendary has been outstanding. This is a show about the LBGTQ ballroom scene. It's on HBO Max. I really, really like this show. The finale is coming up this week. A true underdog and one of the season favorites are going to be battling out for the championship. Uh, I would have to say Juicy Couture seems to be the lead dog. The House of Yamamoto is definitely the huge underdog. I thought they were going to go home after basically week one. I thought they stunk, but they did a little house that can. So you know what? You could always root for an underdog, but don't be surprised if Juicy Couture does what they always do, which is do the right thing. So this Matthew Morrison is going to have to leave so you can think you can dance uh, because He sent an inappropriate text message to one of the contestants. I don't care how he tries to clean it up. 
No grown ass man who's married should be asking any woman, could is it possible I get your home number so that I could discuss some stuff with you? How does she know what he's going to discuss? And why couldn't he go to his professional channels? Let my agent call your agent, your lawyer call my lawyer, and we do it like that. But I need your home number. See, they could have went left quite easily. He signed an agreement. He knew what was on that agreement. We don't, but he knew exactly word for word what was on that agreement, what he was allowed to do and what he was not allowed to do. And so Matthew Morrison was out of pocket doing that bullshit. So I can't root for him and his fake ass Mia Copa at this point. Master Chef is back. They're still doing the audition rounds. Uh, so that show is not great, but it's something to watch during the summer months when most TV is off. Now, I was very shocked to hear that Dustin Johnson will be at that Saudi-backed LIV golf event. I thought Dustin Johnson was going to rock out with the PGA, try to win more Masters. But you know what? This is a personal decision. It's free agency. I can't be mad at anybody who decides to leave their job for what they consider to be a better employment opportunity but I'm just shocked. I thought that he would ride this out. Uh, You know, what Dustin Johnson is truly beloved in the PGA Tour. A lot of people like Dustin so much that they want to look like Dustin when they hit the ball. Trust me, I've seen it at the driving ranges. I've seen it at the golf course. Guys who have any kind of height and a little beard, they want to be like Dustin. So I wish him good luck. I mean, get in bed with the Saudis is, is kind of tricky, man. I, I, I wouldn't advise it, but you know what? Money talks and bullshit walks. So in Hideki Masayama, he gets disqualified from the memorial this week for equipment violation. Now, what he did was definitely wrong. You don't put markers on the balls, strikes inside your club face because it gives you a unfair advantage of knowing how to line that ball up he's knowing where to hit this ball on each point so say if you hit it on the the point to the left it does this you hit it to the point to the right because these guys are masters man these dudes are playing pool like we don't play pool but they're playing at a master's level pool because to me golf is the biggest pool table in the fucking world each hole is a different pool table and you master how to shoot angles, distances, stance, hand grips, and you make this ball, which is amazing. If you really think about it, you're taking a little white ball and a peg and 400, 500 yards away, you're trying to get that into a hole in the ground on four, three to five strokes. So it's a pretty amazing thing. And I hope Adeki just fixes his game. I mean, he's too damn good a player. He's a Masters winner, so that means he has a major in his pocket. He, he shouldn't be having to do things like this. What they do and what we do is totally different. I mean, think about it. Most professional golfers do not even play with normal clubs. They play with blades, a whole bag full of blades. Most people would look like shit if they were on a golf course with a bag full of blades. So Ryan Fitzpatrick Fitzmagic has decided to retire after 17 seasons. This is a dude from an Ivory League school 
who actually made more out of his career than we thought he would and played for a shitload of teams. You name the team, he's almost been there. I mean, so he's had a great career. He should be very proud of the things that he accomplished. He got to start a lot of games with an NFL player coming out of Harvard. Once again, nobody expected that. So ex-Yankee, an ex-Yankee manager, Joe Girardi, has been fired by the Philadelphia Phillies after two years. Uh, I wish Joe the best. I don't know if he's going to ever manage again. Uh, He did lead the Yankees to a World Series as a manager. He was definitely on World Series Yankee teams. So he's Yankee family for life. That does not change. I got nothing but good things to say about Joe. I appreciate his time with the NY and the pinstripes. So I wish him good luck. So the Utah Jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder, he's stepping down after eight seasons. I wonder what's going on there. You know, that one kind of is tricky to me. When I seen that this morning, I said, I don't even know what this is about. I mean, he's got a good young team. They always have winning seasons. I mean, he's got a good core. Think about it. He's got Conley, Gobert. He's got Donovan Mitchell, Brodanovich. I mean, it's not like this team was uh, ready to be a uh, fall apart. This is a team that should be contending to at least go to the finals in the Western Conference. So for him to step down, I hope it's nothing personal, personally wrong with him or his family, and that this is just a business decision that another opportunity has opened up. And you know Quinn Snyder, he's the NBA coach with the hair. Just look, If you look him up online, you just put NBA coach hairstyle, Quinn Snyder will definitely pop up. So the Carolina Panthers have hired the first transgender cheerlead, cheerleader. Her name is Justine Lindsay. She's 29 years old. And to tell you the truth, I have no real opinion of this. Uh, it's a progressive move by a team that's in the soft South. Uh, I don't know uh, if women will be up in arms. And I'm not going to discuss that because, one, I'm not a woman. I'm not transgender. I wasn't uh, asking for this. But this is a decision that was made, and people are going to have to deal with it. This is the world we live in. There's not a Justine Lindsay on the sideline shaking pom-poms is not going to destroy America any more than America is destroyed. So I, I wish the visceral is going to be very little coming in Justine direction. Once again, I said, go out there. If you haven't seen it, Hell in a Cell is worth your time. It's worth your energy. It is a good watch. Is it the greatest pay-per-view of all times? No. But is it entertaining from beginning to end? Yes, it is. I didn't see a dud match in the bunch. So I think you will really enjoy it. Yes, uh, Saturday, we had a UFC card. Alexander Volkov fought uh, Rosenstrunk. I thought that Herb Dean called this match a little too early. He could have gave Rosenstrunk the opportunity to either take another blow or two because he seemed well on his feet. He had stood up. He was trying to get out the back door. And we've seen Herb Dean call fights late so many times. And for him to call a heavyweight fight so quickly, I thought I thought he was out of pocket. Felice Herring fought Carolina Kovalovskic. And Carolina submitted her in the second round. And Felice decided to finally hang up her career. She left her gloves in the ring. 
I think that police needed to retire. I don't think that we've ever seen the very best of Felice Herring, uh, but she stuck around for quite a long time. She's coming off two devastating ACL surgeries. So you know what? It's a hell of a career to fight for so many years in the UFC and have 20 fights. I wish her nothing but the best in, in her future. She looks always in phenomenal shape. She could train. She could coach. She could own a gym. There's a lot of things I'm sure that she could do with her future. Next week, we got a big card coming out of Singapore. And by the way, I would say this Alexander Volkov Rosenstruck card was pretty good. You had some good submission. You had some good knockouts. You had some blood. You had some good three-rounders. It was a well-put-together card. It doesn't always have to have the biggest names, unlike this card that's coming up next week, which is huge names. you got Glover Trashera fighting Prokovska. you got Valentina the Bullet Shosenko is fighting Talia Santos. you got Zhang Wei Li fighting Joanna Jacek. So that on paper is bombs, bombs. I am so looking forward to this card next week that is it's insane. And it's coming out of Singapore. So more than likely, I think this is a pay-per-view, but I believe that the prelims are on ESPN. So you can watch that if you like. I watch them both. So the Arizona Cardinals have been picked to be this year's hard knock in-season team. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping that, well, Hard Knocks is always good. I enjoy Hard Knocks. I enjoyed the OG Hard Knock. I enjoyed the in-season Hard Knock last year. So there's no reason that I won't enjoy this. So the Golden State Warriors tied up the Celtics last night by beating them at home. So that series is now one game to one. They're heading over to Boston now. And when they go to Boston, I'm expecting a split again. I think that when they go back to Golden State, it'll be 2-2. I don't know if Golden State will win game three or game four, but I'm expecting them to win one. I do not expect them to go back down three games to one. I think that the Celtics played a balanced game, game one, even though Tatum didn't score a lot. Tatum didn't score a lot in game. I mean, scored much more in game two, but there was no balance. It seemed like smart. Brown and Williams and Harford really had no offense. So we see how this turns around. I still am going with Boston Celtics in seven games to win the title. I cannot change my mind at this late stage of the game. I still have not listened to Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morrell, and the Big Steppers. But I will say one thing. I did hear one song on the record by Kendrick, him and a young lady, it was an argument song, which I thought was outstanding. I mean, you cannot really listen to this in mixed company. You can't listen to this in front of children. The N-word is flung around a record level. The F-word is thrown around in what I would say in a record, in record level. But it was a fight back and forth between a male and a female. And in this song, oh, it's We Cry Together is the name of the song. We cry together. So I give this song in particular a thumbs up. Now, like I said, these two, this couple battle it out on this record back and forth. But they end up 
being so worked up by the fight that they wind up making love to each other by the end of the record. It's it's kind of crazy. You must listen to it for yourself so you can make your own determinations. Here at Strange Talk with Doc, we don't make decisions for anybody. We just state the decisions of Doc. I just give you things to think about. My job is to make you think about something. If I give you nothing to think about, then I've wasted your time. And if I can't make you think about something, maybe I can educate you to a situation that you might not be accustomed to. Will I be always right? No. Will I do my damnness to be as right as possible, to have done my research, to have thought out what I'm thinking of talking about? Yes. Everything is off the cuff. Nothing is scripted here. There is no script that I go by. Do I have a basis of conversations that I would like to get to? Sure, I do. That's just being honest. But is anything scripted? Do I have, okay, this is a sound point that I must make? No, I go organic. I believe that life is organic. We live, we die. It should be organically. That means you don't rush death. You don't kill yourself. You don't do any kind of harm to your physical form that you possibly can. You try to do the best to improve your situations every chance that you get. I mean, me, that's why I meditate. I meditate daily because it's something to improve my life. It's something to improve my mind. Uh, It's also one of those things that coming from where I come from would probably make me... uh, strange that I've been doing this for 25, 30 years now, but I enjoy it. And it's not just that I enjoy it. It's almost like a drug. I now need this drug to get through my day. And I don't use narcotics. I don't drink. I do not drink, nor do I use drugs. I will state that. Am I anti-drugs? No. Am I anti-drink? Hell no. If you want to do that and you can control that in your life, that's on you. I don't look down upon others because I don't do something. I don't. You never hear me tell somebody what they should or should not do. Not here. It's not happening. That's not the way Strange Talk with Doc is. And if you have ever found me doing that, correct me. You do not have to feel any kind of way about sending me a message saying you're off base. I am here for that. I am here to learn my mistakes. This way I can correct them. I'm going to tell you, man. Like I tell you each and every time, people, you have a wonderful, great week and peace to you and peace to yours. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.